Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. What's up and welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fanatics Podcast. After a short hiatus, Gracie, we're back. How are you going, man? Yeah, good. Good to be uh, back. Obviously, we missed a week, but that's okay. We, uh, we'll call it our bye week, you could say, <laughs> um, for the season. So, But now, obviously, things heating up. Uh, uh, been quite a number of upsets over the past probably two weeks, so... A lot of injuries happening. So, yeah, it's an uh, interesting time for especially fantasy football, that's for sure. Yeah, and I was going to ask that. How is the fantasy team looking after, I suppose we're kind of past the halfway point of the fantasy season now, but how's your team shaping up? Yeah, I think we're cooked. Yeah, yeah we never never really got off the ground this year. So, yeah. um, but no, I, look, I might make the playoffs if I win my last three. I think I play the top of the table person this week, so it's going to be interesting. But, uh, yeah, no, just... Too many, took a punt on a couple that didn't work out and then a few injuries sort of hurt you a bit as well. So, yeah. Um, and I think it's it's been the luck. If you've picked some healthy players, I think you're doing all right. I'm in about four other leagues and I'm all looking like I'll finish top in all four of those. So the advantage of drafting after week one helps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually too very true. And uh, there'll be some good teams out there. Imagine picking up like Jonathan Taylor at the end of the first start of the second round and Cooper Cup a few rounds later. Like, there's going to be a few teams out there like that. But how about some advice out there, Gracie, for anyone who's kind of maybe given up on the year? Some uh, some advice for next year and, and how you can sort of take something out of this season, even if your playoff chances are about done. Yeah, I think the, the big thing is uh, just keeping an eye on injuries over the the off season, like if anyone's sort of been a bit underdone and obviously, you know, we've had some big casualties in the last week as well. Um, yeah, just be very cautious on picking guys that are, that are injury prone and also, you know, guys that possibly at the start of the season would have been, you know, number one on the depth chart in their position are quite possibly not going to be that at the end of this season and could be seeking new opportunities. So, yeah, I think, um, I think it'd be a very interesting off season or well, back end of the year, obviously we'll get through that first, but yeah, um, yeah, I think it'll be very interesting off-season. I think we'll see quite a few players move. You know, just looking at, you know, just some players that are who started the season as number one are just, yeah, we don't even see them anymore. They're not getting any reps or or they're injured or, or on the um, IR. So, yeah, interesting uh, times ahead, I reckon. One thing that's very uh, strange is someone put a post up on Reddit talking about kind of the consensus top 10 or 12 running backs of the season and how things have sort of shaped up there. Like you look at McCaffrey, Cook, Henry, obviously all these guys have missed a significant number of games through injury. Does it change your draft strategy for next season or do you just just pick it as it is? Maybe look at going a bit early on, say like Jonathan Taylor or uh, even like Joe Mixon's proved to be relatively um, consistent this season. Do you maybe reach on a guy like that that potentially is going to be fit for, for more games? Possibly, but I suppose, you know, we... You see someone like a, a Robert Woods, who I think he's been relatively uh, injury-free majority of his career so far, and you know, obviously just one movement at training, and he's done for 12 months. So it's a hard, hard one. You're gonna you take a risk on it, drafting any player, but yeah, I think um, you got to look at how they come back from an injury more than anything. I think so. Someone like a Derrick Henry, obviously, his uh, his injury was quite severe. Obviously, a foot injury. So um, I'd be uh, just keeping an eye on that one. He may not be the number one pick next year. You know. We all knew um, Christian McCaffrey came in underdone and has obviously missed quite a substantial amount of games this year. Saquon Barkley is the same. So I think you might find, um, you know, those guys might be reconsidered where they get drafted next year for sure. 
Yeah, the pick of him almost, I was going to mention earlier, was Zeke Elliott. He's been consistent, played every game, and been fairly solid with the scoring as well. But we'll wait and see what happens with that. But let's get into the weekend's action because there's one name I've got to bring off the top of the show here when we talk start quarterbacks, Grace. It's Patrick Mahomes, who's starting to turn that season around now. They had that massive win against the Raiders. He threw for five TDs. Dude, the Kansas City Chiefs are back. Well, yeah, yeah. If you look at their last three weeks... um, They've kept uh, their opposition, um, I'm pretty sure, under 20 points. So um, their defense is starting to lift again because, you know, we just saw that the first half of the year they were just getting smashed on uh, with their defense not performing. And then Mahomes is trying to have to pull off these, you know, extraordinary drives just to keep up scoring-wise, whereas now they're actually leading from the front and, and getting in front early and then um, and just wearing teams down. Kelsey um, had another good yardage game. Um, so did uh, Tyreek Hill, obviously, a couple of touchdowns as well. So, But, um, yeah, they seem to be moving right. We haven't seen too much of Josh Gordon yet, uh, obviously. Um, so, you know, still got him there in the mix. So um, I suppose you can never write off write off the Chiefs. They've got, got to come from a long way back, though. That's the thing. There's some other mm. teams that are, are probably ahead of them at the moment. But if, if they can win the remainder of their games for the year, um, there's no reason why they can't um, push for that, that top spot. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of teams that are starting to look pretty good, how about the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott in particular, Gracie? They had that huge win as well against the hapless Falcons. He threw two TDs, rushed for one in, and a day out for for Dak and the Cowboys. Like, what's their ceiling at this point? They're starting to get their sort of core back together now. Uh, They've got Zeke Elliott, as I mentioned earlier. He's been the consistent running back of the season. Like, could they go fairly far into playoff action? I think it'll come down to their defense. I'm, I'm not too worried about their offense. Like, um, and we'll talk about him soon, but like CD Lamb's been unreal for majority of the season or pretty much every game. Um, you know, you got Amari Cooper there as well, and you know Zeke just adds it on top. Um, you know, you got another guy, Tony Pollard, who's still getting double-digit carries even with Zeke as the starting running back. So uh, I'm not too worried about their offense um, as much. It's more their defense. If their defense can get on top in games, they can go a very, very long way. They've got one of the better, uh, better defenses in the league. Um, and we saw at the start of the season, they were, I think they were averaging like th- three or four interceptions a game. So it was a good start to the season for them and um, obviously had the good game on the weekend. So, um, yeah, I'd say they can go a fair distance. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. When they're all uh, fit and healthy, they're one of the best teams to watch as well. But let's give some love to your boy, Mac Jones, who in another massive win led the Patriots to that huge victory over the Browns. And the Browns are sort of falling down left, right and center at the moment. But he threw three TDs, almost top 200 yards. Gracie, throw it at me. What's going on with Mac Jones and the Patriots at the moment? He looked all sorts of good on the weekend. Yeah, well, it's it's been the whole year. They're, they're not putting him in situations where he's going to get sacked or picked off or anything like that. So they're playing, I guess you'd say, safe uh, safe offense and letting their defense do a lot of work as well. But, uh, you know, a lot of teams passed on Mac Jones. Fitzy slipped, slipped through um, a few picks. So um, and the Patriots snapped him up when uh, it got to their pick. They were, I'm pretty sure they were quite surprised he was still on the, on the draft board. So, you know, could we see another Tom Brady type in the making possibly who knows but uh he's he's having a, a quiet uh start to his uh quite but good start to his career today yeah. and you know they're sitting uh, as the sixth seed at the moment they'd have to if the playoffs started today they'd be uh coming up against your ravens um and i reckon that'd be a very good game with uh with the way that those two teams are playing at the moment so 
um, yeah, it's uh, it's very good to see that you know a young quarterback coming. And I honestly think he's the pick of all the quarterbacks at the moment. I don't, I don't know if you could put any of the other top guys ahead of him that were drafted ahead of him um, at the moment, in my opinion. So yeah, I'm uh, very happy with him at quarterback at the moment. Yeah, no, that's a fair call. They've got a really good young core around him as well. And as you said, they're not putting him into any sort of situations to sort of make him uncomfortable, I suppose, there. But they're looking really good, the Patriots. And I'd, I'd definitely be uh, up for watching that game with your good self if they do play the Ravens in the playoffs. But let's just give a quick shout-out here to Cam Newton before we before we move on. Of course, he's made the return back to the Panthers. He snuck in for a rushing touchdown, and he threw a passing touchdown as well, Gracie. And as you saw in that tweet, in that video, he's back. And I think they're doing everything they can to give him an opportunity to start this week as, as well i've read yeah he's had all the practice reps all week so um yeah you don't uh, see that happen and then that qb not start so i think uh he's a definite definite starter this week and um you know they've got to try something the panthers they they've been struggling as a way their defense is the thing that's keeping them in games i think they got the third best defense so you know um hopefully we see some uh you know some big plays from cam newton and you know it's only going to help the guys around him McCaffrey's going to benefit as well so um yeah it's looking forward to seeing what he can do yeah definitely if you're a dj more only you'd be pretty excited to know what the connection he's got with more but let's talk about this the other uh, duds before we move on to the running backs and jared goff man he's had a very ordinary ordinary year at least the Lions didn't lose last weekend. They had that draw against the Steelers, but he didn't throw for a touchdown. Of course, he caused TJ Hawkinson to just have a base, basically a donut. I mean, you're not rostering him in fantasy, but man, what is happening with the Lions? Like they've got to go back to the draft and just rebuild at this stage. Yeah, I, th- I think so. But since their buy, they are undefeated. So um, <laughs> yeah, they, they've had a win. I think they've had a win and a draw. So. Um, yeah, so it's been been good for them, but uh, no, they've they've been awful all year. And um, yeah, you're definitely not starting golf as a as a quarterback. I think he scored over double. I think he scored double digits, maybe twice. I think the first two games of the year, and that was it. So um, yeah. yeah, no, he's uh, he's. I mean, the whole lines offense is in a lot of trouble. I think Swift is the only real one that's producing the goods, but he's getting you know bulk of the carries and quite mm. a few receptions. So yeah, I'd. Don't know if I'd be a happy Lions supporter if I was no. one. One shining light in there is DeAndre Swift, of course. But um, I think it probably goes to show that he probably was the problem at the Rams in the last few seasons, sort of holding them back, seeing what Matt Stafford's doing. But let's go on to another guy that's uh, borderline startable at this point is Russell Wilson. He's sort of come back, didn't quite look comfortable, but the Packers are starting to put some good uh, good efforts together on the defensive end, Gracie. And they really suffocated him in that game. But are we just going to bench Russ for the time being? Like, of, of course, he's going to get back to form at some stage, but they've got some injuries in the running back department as well. Like that offense is sort of a bit here, there and everywhere. What do you read into this? Uh, well, the guy I'm playing this week has Russell Wilson. I hope he starts him and I hope they yeah, get destroyed. But uh, no, it's, uh, I'd be, yeah, I don't think he's quite right from his finger injury yet. And, you know, he just didn't, he looked all out of sorts. Obviously it's, um, it, it affected the whole offense. Um, as you said, DK Metcalf um, had his poorest game for the year, and we'll talk about him in a little bit as well. So, um, you know, Carson's still out. Um, yeah, Alex Collins never really got anything going in the running game either. So, yeah, um, it's um, it's concerning if you're, you're Seattle. And, you know, I think after, what was it, five or six rounds last season, they were uh, undefeated and Russell Wilson was the MVP uh, favorite and um, you know it's 
you could say 12 months is a is a long time in uh, football, isn't it? So yeah, it's um, yeah. it's worrying worrying signs for Seattle. You hope you hope Russell Wilson because he's a great quarterback, but uh, he's just a bit out of sorts at the moment. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of concerning, how about Baker Mayfield and the Browns? As we mentioned earlier, got thumped by the Patriots. A measly 73 yards. He did throw a touchdown, but he had one interception. But that Browns offense has gone from looking dangerous at the start of the year to now just awful. It's horrible. I think it just shows how much of an impact that their two top-tier running backs have on that team that, you know, they draw so much attention. You know, you've got to you've got to keep an eye on Chubb with the running game as well as Hunt, but then, you know, you've got both of them involved in the passing game as well. And then it opens up um, for everyone else, like Peoples Jones and those sort of guys. So, yeah, it's uh, it's concerning at the moment, and, and I'm sure Baker would be very happy to see the end of this season because he hasn't had the best one uh, no, yet this year. No, it's unfortunate. Going back to the Browns form of old, we could say, but let's move through to the running backs and the studs of the week. A few debutants in this category, Gracie. AJ Dillon came through with the goods, a couple of touchdowns, 62 receiving yards as well. But Aaron Jones is going to be out for a little bit. He's probably going to slot in nicely as an RB too, if you've been hanging on to him, because he went fairly early in drafts as a sort of higher tier handcuff, I suppose. But he's definitely startable. And if you went like zero RB, this is the guy that you're sort of looking for. And I found an interesting sort of breakdown. A guy like AJ Dillon coming in as a handcuff is going to have possibly a better opportunity uh, than than Jones as the starter because he's got one less guy to share carries within that backfield. So AJ Dillon's going to be a stud for a couple of weeks, in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree. He's, uh, you know, if, uh, I think in our league, someone picked him up quite early before. I think it might have been week one or two. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people did draft him and holding, especially if you've got Aaron Jones, we know he's he misses games um, majority of his seasons, so you definitely got to have the the uh, the handcuff there. And um, I, I put him in up definitely RB two, borderline RB one uh, yep. numbers uh, for this coming week. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And the Packers are starting to play some good football as well. But let's talk about your boy, Ramon Joe Stevenson, Gracie. He busted out of the gates. Massive breakout game. Of course, Harris was out, but 100 rushing yards, two touchdowns. He chipped in with a few receiving yards as well. I honestly feel like he could take over the starting role. He's a rookie running back. He's had hype all season long. This could be his backfield. He could have almost earned himself that starting job. We'll talk about him in the uh, sort of free agency pickups later on if he hasn't been picked up in your league. But what do you think about Stevenson? Is he a starter week to week? now um it, i mean i think it's more get, how the game script's looking like they play the falcons this week so uh good matchup for for him because harris will be back um it's looking likely so um i still think they'll go with harris um but yeah it's definitely a nice one-two punch there i still like he got uh the week before when harris um was in that game he still had 10 carries in that game so He's had a couple of good weeks, you know, volume-wise, even with Harris in with one of those games. So, yeah, I'd, I'd probably expect him to to not go as big as he did in this. It was what he did in this game. But, um, you know, wouldn't be surprised if he gets a goal-line touchdown or something like that and maybe, you know, sort of 40, 50 yards. Um, so he's probably, you know, if you want to take a risk, you could start him as your flex. But if you've got someone else there, um, you know, maybe just keep, uh, keep an eye out if Harris definitely plays or not. 
Yeah, I don't mind him. I reckon he could be a good pick next year as well, but we often say not to trust New England running back, so watch this space. But another guy who's repaid the favor, repaid the faith almost, Grace, is Antonio Gibson in that huge win by Washington against the Buccaneers. He found the end zone a couple of times. He's found some nice form after a few sort of up and down weeks, a few injury concerns here or there. He's had a very inconsistent season, but he's one guy that I think could probably be a top 10 running back to finish the season off and possibly a guy that you look to draft at the end of the first round, start of the second round next year. Yeah, it's all about um, what they do with their offensive line. I think over the season, he, uh, over the off season, he's um, he struggled the last probably four weeks. Gibson, and then yeah, come back with a nice, nice big one against a, a very good team in the Buck Bucks. So um, yeah, I totally agree. He's one that keep an eye out, and he's a he's a must start. You you definitely don't bench him. Um, I did see one team in one of my other leagues that had him on the bench and just don't know what that person was thinking. But, um, yeah, he's definitely a starting running back in fantasy at the moment. Yeah, and generally the Washington running backs do perform quite consistently. But let's switch it up to the duds of the week. And one guy, Gracie, we've got to probably decide at this point whether he's a dud. I'm feeling like he might be. Is Josh Jacobs for the Raiders. Only the 16 yards, 20 receiving yards. The Chiefs defense was all over the Raiders. But, man, this guy's got to be a bust at this point. He's missed a few games from injury. Kenyon Drake's hanging around. Um, even Peyton Barber was taking some carries off him at one point. I feel like we've got to mark Jacobs down as a bust and maybe reassess for next year. Yeah, I'd reassess. I would be surprised if the Raiders even looked to trade him. Um, you know, or he might want to get out as well. I think he might just need a, a different environment because you know we saw how talented he was in that first rookie mm. season that he was actually quite good. So um, yeah, just uh, something to keep an eye on, and it could be matchup dependent for the rest of the year whether you you start him at, at flex or RB two. Yeah, we saw even in that rookie season, the amount of usage he got on the ground, that's what he needs. 20, 25 carries a game to be sort of very valuable. But another guy that sort of set the season on fire and sort of fizzled out a little bit is Cordero Patterson. He is injured right now, but the Falcons were bloody awful on the weekend. I don't know, man. I feel like we kept joking about this sort of ninth-year breakout that Patterson has had. Do we feel like the sort of trains kind of run out of steam now, or do we just watch the injury status and still look at him as an RB2? Yeah, I'd, I'd just be watching the injury status. It's, you know, the only game he was poor in was the, this one and he got injured in and, and the Falcons were, were awful. So, um, you know, I, w- I went back and looked. He hasn't been super touchdown dependent. You know, he's had multiple touchdowns in a, in a few games and there's been games where he's had no touchdowns, but he's had, you know, 60 rushing yards and, and you know, 40 or 50 receiving yards. And, you know, that's still a handy return from an RB to, you know, the person that's probably got him probably has him as a flex if they're lucky enough. So, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not concerned. When he's back fully fit, he's, he's the number one for mine, I think. Yeah, he's kind of like Alvin Kamara Jr. with he get, getting involved in the passing game as well as the rushing game. But before we move on here, just a quick note. How about the Tennessee running backs? Everyone went out and spent all their fab budget and their waiver wire positions on AP. <laughs> and Jeremy McNichols and then Deonta Freeman comes through and gets the start just about. Are we just going to avoid this backfield altogether? I actually don't mind putting it... Uh, sorry, Deonta Foreman. I actually don't mind putting a little uh, claim in for Foreman because he looks like he might get the start and a bit of usage moving forward. But are AP and McNichols... like? Where do we sit these guys, man? Or are we just going to sort of let it play out a little bit? Oh, I think uh, watching AP, in, in, especially in his first game, he looked awful. Um, you know, he, he look, he's a, I guess he's a workhorse. So, you know, he was just, you know, bustling through, but he was only getting two or three yards a, a carry, if that. And then McNichols is more of your, your pass catching back. You know, it might be your sort of third down back as well. So, yeah, look, um, 
I don't know, Fitz. I don't know if you can trust any of them at the moment. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sold on any of them. Um, the, it's, it's probably flip a coin, maybe pull a bit, uh, name out of a hat and just go with that one. Yep. That's yep. what I'm, I'm leaning towards. <laughs> yeah, it's even hard to start AJ Brown at this point. Who knows what the Titans are doing? But let's get rolling through to the wide receivers. And one guy that has been super impressive this season, especially if you drafted him maybe around six or seven, is Debo Samuels. Another big win for the 49ers against the Rams. He caught five of five passes, 97 yards and a touchdown, plus a rushing touchdown, Gracie. You've written in here he's a comfortable WR1 or two. Like, man, he's almost... He's easily top 10 for the season. He could even be top five and be looking to go very early in the draft next year. I know I keep bringing up the draft next year, but we're trying to make it interesting for those guys who have given up there. But Debo Samuels, man, he's he's really broken out this season and he's got to be on your radar for uh, future drafts, let's say. Yeah, I think a lot of people might not realize this. Last year, he had some big games and, and he gets... He's actually, I think, since 2017, the highest or run after the catch. He has the highest yards run after the catch of any wide receiver in the NFL. So um, it's it's he's got some amazing talent and they're using him in the run game as well um, as, you know, finding him in the, in the passing game. And yeah, like I had him last year and it was frustrating to him because he was always injured or, yeah. you know, the, the 49ers had an awful game or Garoppolo was injured. So they had a backup in and, you know, obviously hurts your uh, your star wide receivers when that happens but uh, yeah if you drafted him in that fifth or sixth round you, yeah you're definitely laughing and in one of my leagues I've got I think I've got uh, Cooper Cup Stefan Diggs and Debo Samuel is my flex so I'm uh, I'm doing alright in that league and that's a it's a PPR league so I'm, oh I'm laughing have you um, lost again? yeah I lost a, lost one early I think it was so um, but yeah no nah, it's it's good to see because he's, yeah, an amazing talent and, and that 49ers offense looks so much better. You know, you got him and obviously Kittle, who we'll talk about a little bit um, as well. Yeah, for sure. And let's keep rolling through here. And the guy that you mentioned earlier is C.D. Lamb. He's been fantastic this season. Of course, had that huge win against the Falcons. He found the end zone twice, 94 yards. He's having a fantastic season. A couple of sort of up and down games, but I really feel like he's going to be Dak's solid target moving forward. We know that Cooper's the big, sort of, um, I suppose, big pass play sort of action target there. But uh, CD Lamb seems to be the more consistent one of the of the crop of wide receivers. Of course, we've got Zeke Elliott. He sucks up a few passes. But I reckon CD Lamb's the one that you want to rely on moving forward, possibly pushing top 10 as well, I feel, rest of season, Gracie. Oh, CD Lamb, he's, he's been unreal. He's, he's only been two games where he's been relatively quiet. So, uh, But he's a big game player. And as long as Dak's under... Under center at QB, um, he's going to be looking for him. So, you know, if they have these big games again, um, you're very happy if you started with CD Lamb at the start of the year. Yeah, big time. And let's talk about another huge name, and that's Stefan Diggs here. I think you just mentioned him earlier. That huge win, the Bills against the Jets. They're obviously one of the form teams of the competition. A little bit, uh, little bit back to last year's form here, man. He had eight catches, 13 targets, 162 yards, and a touchdown. Hasn't quite been the same as the 2020 Diggs that we saw here, but he's starting to put a little bit of form and possibly could use this as a bit of a springboard for the remainder of the season. We know he's, a, he's one of the best receivers in the league. Obviously, Josh Allen does share the ball around a little bit. Knox is back from injury too so there's a couple of targets going there but I think Diggs could really finish off the season strongly definitely if you drafted him as a WR1 you'd be hoping that yeah and, and since their bias they've had three games back 
since their bye. He's actually gone for 300 yards and two touchdowns. So he's uh, he's definitely um, turned it around after that week off. And hopefully, you know, this big game is just a sign of things to come, um, especially Diggs owner. But like looking at his season, like he's still got the targets. And, you know, his lowest scoring game, I think, was a 6.2 in a non-PPR. And that was just all yardage, obviously. So, you know, if you've got him in a PPR league, you'd be you'd be still very happy with that. But, um, you know, you just want to see a few more TDs in that um, TD column for the rest of the year, I think. Yeah, that's right. Emmanuel Sanders has taken a bit of action from him as well. I think last year it was like Cole Beasley and like John Brown were his competition. So he's obviously got a bit more fighting for targets this season. But let's move through to some duds. I've got to just mention off the top here, Grace, here, Robert Woods just randomly decided to get uh, injured at training and no one knew about it because of the Odell signing. So he's out for the season, which is throwing a spanner into a lot of works at the moment. But let's hope for Aldo, 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 Odell's sake, he can get some consistency and actually maybe start to perform at the Rams. How do you think this sort of affects Cooper Cup, though? Are we sort of worried or obviously on the weekend he was just as good, but do you think Odell might even help him out a little bit in a sense? Oh, watching a bit of the game, they um, they were using Odell as sort of a decoy. So they would get him to just run um, sort of routes upfield and it would draw the uh, the corners in and um, and the safeties towards him. And that opened up Cooper Cup and, you know, Tyler Higby um, on occasions as well. So, um, yeah, they, they could use him a bit more of a decoy until he learns a bit more of the playbook. But, yeah, mm. I think Rob, Robert Woods definitely hurts them massively. But... You know, they'd be uh, thanking, or yeah, thanking God that they brought in Odell yeah. uh, before that injury. So, um, but yeah, it's it'll yeah. be interesting to see how they go. It's I think for the next couple of weeks, I think Cooper Cup's gonna gonna have some big games until Odell's uh, comfortable. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair analysis. Now, I'm going to throw two names at you here. Mike Williams and AJ Brown both had very very quiet weeks. Mike Williams. Fourth game in a row without a touchdown. And, of course, A.J. Brown's been very quiet since Derrick Henry went down. Are these either of these two guys sort of bring up those alarm bells just yet? Are we still trusting them? Are we playing the matchups? Where do we place Mike Brown, uh, Mike Williams, and A.J. Brown? Yeah, I think uh, I think everyone should have listened to us probably about four weeks ago when we said you should trade Mike Williams and, you know, try and get someone like a C.D. Lamb or a Debo Samuel or, a, you know, Deontay Johnson or someone like that, uh, you know, someone that's a bit more consistent because, you know, Mike Williams is scoring over the last four weeks has been nothing short of dismal. Um, so very concerning, especially if you've, you're starting him at, at your flex or wide receiver too. You definitely need a bit more output than what he's doing at the moment. And um, it's not like the Chargers are struggling massively either. So, um, you know, Eckler is still scoring quite well himself. Um, but AJ Brown, two weeks in a row without Henry in the team, um, and he hasn't scored very well at all. So that's that's a little concerning for mine. I, you would think he would be the you know the go-to guy in that offense with Derrick Henry out, but um, seems to not be the case at the moment. Yeah, and Julio's on the IR as well, so it's kind of sort of, I suppose, drawing some defenders his way, but watch this space for the time being. However, one guy we've got to talk about before we move on is DK Metcalf. He only caught three of eight. Uh, eight targets there on the weekend, Gracie. Probably his first real bad game for the season, but the Seahawks were terrible. But he did get thrown out of that game, didn't he? So we're just watching for the uh, suspension status to see if he's available to play this weekend. Yeah, I was reading. It's probably going to be more of a fine, but it will be his third fine for the year. So, um, you know, just keep an eye on, on this space. But he's been unreal for majority of the season, no matter who's been at QB, whether it's been Geno Smith or, or Russell Wilson. So... 
Um, you hope, uh, look, eight targets in a game that they didn't score is still quite mm. quite good. So, yeah, I'm not too concerned about uh, DK Metcalf unless he's uh, suspended. No, I'm probably in the same boat then. Let's move through to the tight end position, which has been a real pain in our necks for the whole season. Hasn't really got too much better this week, but let's roll through a few studs. And Tyler Conklin, we've got to give him some love, Gracie. Of course, the Vikings had that win against the Chargers. He caught two touchdowns, only 11 yards there. Now, that reminds me of a very typical Vikings Kyle Rudolph game. One touchdown and, you know, three yards kind of thing. That's fantastic. Really good effort if you did start him as a bye week fill-in. I think I started him the week before, but I feel like he's probably worth rostering at this point just to see if he gets involved you know he's going to be a red zone target I think that's probably really key as we talk about tight ends being touchdown dependent but I feel like Tyler Conklin look he's not going to be a top 10 uh, tight end but if you can predict one of those touchdowns and you're definitely going to be worth starting him yeah I agree I think it's um, unless you've got one of the top top four tight ends you you probably don't need to roster him but if you've got you know someone like a Hawkinson maybe or um, that, that's going to be a bit more hit or miss you know, you could just check the match up. And, and as you said, he's definitely a red zone target for sure. Absolutely. And another guy that sort of sprung sprung to life in the last month or so is Mark Andrews. He found the end zone again, caught six catches off eight targets, 63 yards. The Ravens were pretty darn awful. But he's definitely turned into that kind of safety blanket that Lamar's relied on for the last few seasons. And he's looking pretty good for the uh, for the remainder of the year. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a you know, top, top one, two or three uh, tight end for the rest of the year um, just with that like he's when they get near the red zone he's he's the guy that if, if Lamar doesn't get his first option in um, Hollywood Brown or um, Bateman or um, you know one of the running backs then it's it's definitely coming Andrews as way and and you know with that high octane offense he's bound to catch a touchdown um, most games so yeah definitely yeah. want to be happy starting I agree with that. And another guy who found the end zone, of course, George Kittle. And he's been all sorts of uh, up and down through the season with the injury, but he caught that touchdown, as mentioned, 50 yards, caught seven of five, five of seven targets. Looks like he's back back to his best, especially if he had a drafted him, what, the third, fourth, fifth round after Kelsey went off the board. Man, you'd be hoping that he can keep this up the rest of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And lucky enough for me, I picked him up off the waiver wire in one league because someone decided to drop him when he got injured but uh, I'm reaping those benefits now after a good couple of weeks so he's had back-to-back touchdown weeks uh, good yardage um, you know Jimmy G's looking for his big man again so um, they just looked unstoppable and you know Kittle's in there for a good blocker as well because that, that establishes that run game for yeah. the 49ers and moves the chains therefore you know it gives guys like um, kid all the opportunity to, to get in the red the um, end zone so yeah um, yeah definitely I wouldn't be surprised if you know him and Kelsey fight out for the number one tight end spot for the rest of the year yeah good call there Jimmy G is a great quarterback we've got to give him some love he just has too many bad games in between and the injuries don't help at the 49ers but we'll keep rolling through here to some duds of the week one guy I'm not like keen to talk about Gracie TJ Hawkinson he had one target he didn't catch that target, and that's very disappointing. But we've got to blame Jared Goff. As we said, as we said earlier, the Lions are more or less a dumpster fire. I still feel like you're going to start him. He's going to be top ten. You're just going to hope that he gets gets a touchdown at least, gets his eight to nine targets per game, and catches six of them. But again, apart from that top three or four, like the tight end department is just relying on TDs to actually score well. So I, I guess he's a week to week starter still, but maybe temper your expectations. Yeah, I agree. I think it's. Uh... 
it's a tough one because in a better team, he'd, he'd be uh, a, a unreal tight end. So, you know, does you know some off-season movement happen there? Who knows? But, uh, yeah, it's a room or bust for me for, for the Hawk and um, hopefully for the, his owners that it's more boom, not bust. <laughs> the only off-season moves the Detroit Lions should make is shut the organization down. <laughs> Is that a bit but anyway, we'll keep rolling through to two more guys that sort of have been up and down this season. Darren Waller, Dallas got it. Both didn't find the end zone over the weekend. The two guys I think we can safely say that are going to be TD dependent, but I think Goddard still has a, sort of a safe floor. I would have thought this is probably an outlier only catching two passes for 28 yards, but Darren Waller had 19 targets in week one. I don't know what's happened, whether it's more to do with the Raiders than him, but that team's almost fallen apart. But again, just two guys that you're just waiting for a TD. It's pretty much TD or bust for both these fellas. Yeah, I totally agree. It's definitely uh, check the matchup and and um, and see how the other tight ends have gone against those those defenses and and. Um, and good luck. <laughs> it's just not fun talking about the tight end position because it's just gone to hell. I don't know what's going on. Maybe next year it might be revived. But, I mean, unless you pick Kelsey early, you've been dealing with inconsistencies, injuries, all sorts going on this year. So uh, maybe reassess next year. Maybe Kelsey's worth picking with that third, fourth pick in the first round. Maybe you skip all the running backs and just go straight to Kelsey. Maybe. I know you will be. <laughs> No, I've, I've got my man, Kyle Pitts. I'm good. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. Well, we'll talk about him next week. But hey, let's roll through to some DST streamers now. Of course, all the week-to-week start defenses have probably been picked up in your league. We're talking the Bills and the Cardinals and these sorts of teams. But here's a few that are around that 50% ownership that should be available available in your league, Grace. And I want you to tell me if you think any of these are worth starting for the week. Firstly, we've got the Cleveland Browns. They're owned in 57% of leagues. They've got the Lions this week. It's an absolute no-brainer for mine. Whoever's playing the Lions, start them with confidence, I would suggest. The 49ers, they're owned in 48% of leagues. They had that huge performance against the Rams last week, building up some confidence. Now they're up against the Jags and Trevor Lawrence and his interception problem. So they're an easy start for mine as well. And at 48% as well is the Carolina Panthers. Panthers. I feel like they're very relevant now with Christian McCaffrey back on offense. They were fantastic last week against Arizona and they've got Washington this week. So there's three guys I feel around that 50% ownership that one of them should be available in your league. And I know I say it a lot, but you should feel confident starting one of these three teams with a little bit of momentum on the board. But if they're available in your league, I feel pretty confident starting either of these three. Yeah, I tend to agree. You know, another one that uh, could have been there was the Titans as well. They got Houston this week and um, even the Dolphins' defense, Fitzy, is, you know, they took the Ravens apart last week and, and no one would have expected that whatsoever. Um, but they've uh, they've got a good matchup with the Jets this week, I'm pretty sure. So, um, you know, if they're available as well, another one to keep an eye on. But, um, yeah, unless you got one of those, you know, the Bills or the Patriots um, uh, or the Cardinals, you know, you're sort of just playing week to week at the moment, aren't you? Yeah. And one recommendation I will throw out there is if you're looking really solid for your playoffs, look ahead to sort of, you know, your week 17, 16, depending on how your playoff structure is, and maybe pick up some defenses that you can play in those weeks. Like this is the time to start preparing for that to make sure you do get through and have a defense to play, depending on what your or who your defense is playing those weeks. But let's move into the free agency pickups, Gracie. And the one I mentioned earlier was Ramondre Stevenson. From your Patriots, man, I feel like he's worth adding just to see what happens there. Like I know we've sort of go back and forth with Harris there 
there. And, and, you know, it's definitely game script dependent, but I feel like he's the rookie with all the hype. He's the one that's worth owning there. I just feel like he's worth stashing just to see what happens. Like there's a lot of positive sort of media that's come out. As soon as he sort of came into the league, people are all over this guy. And I feel like he could almost break the mold. Uh, you remember like Garrett Blunt there a few seasons ago, like I'm talking five years ago and he scored all those touchdowns. He's a very similar build. I feel like he's worth he's worth adding and just worth seeing what happens with that Patriot situation. But change my mind, man. No, he's definitely worth a stash. I think just starting wise, I'd be uh, wouldn't be starting him at an RB two or anything like that. But you know, definitely a flex flex option. And um, you know, look, they got a great matchup this week against the Falcons, who just shipped uh, forty three points um, on their on or for or their defense. Did I should say? Mm. So uh, it's, it's definitely a good matchup this week if if you want to take a punt on someone. Yeah, I completely agree. And another guy we mentioned earlier on is Deonta Foreman. I feel like he looks to be the uh, the the running back to own in Tennessee. It was very strange because, as we mentioned, they've got they brought AP in. They've got McDaniel, um, what's his name, McNichols there, and then they just bring Deonta Foreman in off the uh, off the waiver wire, off the street essentially. And he started. He had ten carries, was eleven carries for thirty yards, a couple of touches, catches for forty eight yards. I feel like he's worth a flyer as well, especially if he got through waivers and he's sitting on your free agency list. I did that in our league because you know, starting running backs have so much value as they are. You know, he's always got that potential to have a couple of big games. Give the Titans a few weeks to figure things out, but surely one of them has to have some value at some point it's it's hard to tell with this uh titans offense you know we all th- would have thought that aj brown would be the guys we said a little earlier but uh he hasn't been either and um obviously julio's on the ir it's um you just you just don't know with that that offense and their defense has been playing quite well themselves so um you know they've been uh scoring touchdowns as well so that sort of doesn't mean their well it means their offense isn't on there as much um, as as probably what they were last year, so yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a wait and see for me. If he's look, if he's definitely a free agent, I'd be I'd be picking him up. But um, yeah, for me, I I probably wouldn't be starting him. But um, I'm sure there's people out there that that probably need to. And you know, he's definitely a, got a case um, as the yeah. the starting running back at Tennessee to to start him in fantasy. Yeah, there's teams out there that drafted and have all the running backs injured, so they're probably thinking, oh, he's a you know, godsend to someone to fill in there. But two guys before we finish up here, Gracie, Jarvis Landry and Kendrick Bourne. Landry was possibly dropped in your league when he went on the IR earlier on, but surely he has to be the man now with Odell gone, especially in a PPR league. He's definitely worth a stash. But Kendrick Bourne found the end zone in week 10. He also had a few carries, sort of, I suppose, Belichick's working out a way to get Bourne kind of involved with that offense. I feel like he's 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 not a bad ad as well. He's had a couple of nice games this season. Probably more on the Bourne side of things. Do you think he's worth a pickup and do you reckon he'll keep getting involved in the Patriots' uh, offensive plan? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think he's uh, he- he's been getting a you know good amount of targets in most games, anywhere between sort of five to eight targets per game. Um, you know, obviously the TD on the weekend. Now he's he's in the rushing game as well. So yeah, I'd be uh, you know definitely one if you're needing a wide receiver, definitely pick him up for sure. Yeah, good call. And of course, we like to finish off the show with Gracie's bold call of the week. Please tell me it's not Alvin Kamara this week. Give me something, <laughs> man, because we all look forward to this part of the show. No, no, I think, um, and I'm only saying it because I've got him, but I reckon the Patriots' defense could score 30 points this week against the Falcons. 30 points. Wow. Yeah. Okay. A couple, of, a couple of touchdowns and quite a few sacks. Uh, it won't be good for my tight end, who is Kyle Pitts, but. Uh, I'll take 30 points if it means Kyle Pitts only scores a few. 
30 points. Well, that's like five touchdowns and 10 sacks. But I, I yeah. hope that they do that because that would be pretty awesome. And yeah, really good cup if you do grab the Patriots. Gracie says they're the play this week. So stuff what I say, let's get on the Patriots. But I love that bowl call, man. You're a damn legend. Thank you for joining us once again. Of course, we had a little uh, bye week last week, but we'll be back next week. It's getting to the very pointy end of the season now with fantasy playoffs just around the corner. So if you've got any questions, start, sit, anything like that, additions, whatever you want to know, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on Facebook. We're usually not too far away to answer questions, are we, man? But uh, we better check out because it's getting very late when we're recording this one and uh, we're struggling to hang in there. Yes, yeah, exactly. Be, uh, it's bedtime and uh, good luck, everyone, this week. <laughs> That's right. And all the best for your matchups and we'll see you next week. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network, greywolfentertainment.net.